drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Eric Oakley, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And I am coming to you after the trade deadline. There's so much to talk about. Lots of Lions content. We're going to get into everything. Can't wait to talk about it. And I got a guy on the other end of the line that wants to talk about it. He has his own sound drops. You guys can find him on Twitter. He's at Chops in the D. Chops, you're back. Let's get into this. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Oakry, you know, I had to crash the Detroit Kool-Aid cast tonight. And uh, because, you know, after I, I heard last week's pod and, you know, I, I think I, I may have misheard. I may have misheard. But I'm pretty sure that I heard you predict the Lions would not win. You predicted a Miami win. Well, though it happened, uh, where's the Kool-Aid, man? Come on. I got a little bit here today. Drink it in, I just baked. I just baked up some cornbread as well. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Hey man, like I'm. I've been trying to have fun on the show. Fans are frustrated. People are checking out. People are quitting on their team. But Choppy, we have a big trade to talk about. We want to get into that. Before you know it, I'm sure we'll be yelling at each other about Jared Goff in some sense or another. We'll do a quick Miami review, just a couple things we saw that either got us heated or that we liked. I, I'm going to shout out a few people because people I, sh- I put out on the Kool-Aid hotline. How you guys feeling? What are you thinking about this team? I got some interesting uh, texts and, and takes back. And then we'll give the people a little quick look at this Packer game with our preview as well. But we got to spend time, Choppy, on this trade of T J. I might not be able to do that much anymore, man. But uh, they they moved him for a two and a three to Minnesota. They gave up a fourth and a conditional fourth. Me and you have been bantering about this. The people have been all over the Twitter sphere. Um, gosh, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? Where are you at with this whole thing? Well, I mean, look, at, you know, everywhere on Twitter, that's all that people are talking about. It's uh, it's Hawks traded, you know, oh, it's to a division rival. Uh, you know, we didn't, you know, why are we doing this? He's still young. He, You know, he's a cornerstone. He's da-da-da-da. I mean, listen, my, my bottom line is he was not going to be on the team. We weren't going to pay him his $15, 16000000 million after next year. Um, so this was the last year we were really going to get to trade him on a cheap deal, so do it. And uh, Brad always open for business homes pulls the trigger yes it's to minnesota whoop-de-doo i don't care and he and he gets two two picks out of it so you know i I think it's a great great move choppy like here's the thing like i feel like some people think that our takes are forever just etched in stone on everything like I, i come on here and i'm honest man when they took t j hacked like 
I, I liked the pick. I thought he was going to be nasty in the run game. At that point, we were empty at that position. We thought it was a, a need. It was a good player. He was from I, – I, all these things seem to match up. But I've watched the guy for three, four years now, and he has not lived up to be that field stretching, touchdown scoring, pancake blocking, tight end that you need to be if we're going to not only have you here but end up paying you big dollars. So my, my whole opinion going out there was they used up his rookie deal. He hasn't lived up. You weren't going to pay him. So you recycled him, which means you collected two what I think are very valuable selections. You know, you had a little bit of beef of, oh, you know, I don't like these fourths we gave up. If I told you we moved up two rounds and saved $10 million on the cap and maybe connect on that second and third round pick in the next two years, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't worry about who we might have missed out in the in the four type of thing. So I, I think this is great for the Lions' future. I also think Mr. Hawkinson might go to Minnesota and be a pretty good player. Good. I said good, not great. So it, it, it's it's going to work out, but I he's not going to come back to kill us. Oh, he's going to have a big game against the Lions? Who cares? I mean, this isn't a, a big defensive stud or a quarterback that we dealt. This is a tight end. Like, I, I think the team's going to be fine. I think Hawk will go on to have a decent to good career, and all is well. I mean, I, I like this for the future, no question. Yeah, my only retort, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, the 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 giving up the fourth rounds with him. Um, <clears throat> my biggest thing is we need assets, right? So uh, the more shots at the in the barrel we have with draft picks, the better. So I wish we could have found a way to, you know, get a second out of them, maybe not return to fourth, um, you know, or at least maybe get rid of that one conditional pick so we could at least have an additional pick. I mean, our net, our net of picks is the same now. Um, but again, $10 million cap space saved. And I guess, you know, the other thing is I trust Brad Holmes to get the best deal, right? So how many other tight ends were uh, dealt at the deadline? Uh, cue the crickets. Yes. None. <laughs> so exactly. there wasn't a huge clamoring for tight ends, um, you know, but he made it happen, right? He saw an opportunity, he made a deal and, uh, and he got, I believe he, I'm sure he got the best that he could do. I mean, it wasn't like he was in a rush. He didn't do it two weeks early. And uh, and it's not like we saw a bunch of other tight ends going for better better returns. So he got what he could. And uh, like I said, I, I trust Brad Holmes. I I totally agree there. And I also think that if, if I, I think my range was a three and a five a couple of days ago that I tweeted out. So when, when I even hear the words two and three, that's that's not like great value. Like, do you see what people go for in the NFL? Good players. Kareem Hunt, they wanted a fourth and couldn't get a fourth for him. Like, we got a two and a three. And and, and here's how the pick swaps works, Chubby. I'm looking at the Oakry draft board. Would you rather have another player in the top 65 or do you want a couple players in the 140s? Like, come on, man. That's a huge dip in talent. Uh, yeah, you can find people in the fourth, fifth. But I like our chances a lot better in the second. And, and and again, I love the Kool-Aid drinkers. I love the people. And the, and people, the people consist of the, of the millions. I, I gave you a double there. The millions. D- don't tell me. But okay. We never get good players in the second round. Come on, man. We've had a lot more misses than most. Brad Holmes has had his misses, but I still like my chances in the top 65. And, and the other thing I want to hit on... Did you feel like Hawk loved it here? 
did you feel like he was going to be chomping at the bit to give the Lions a discount? That he wanted to stay here? Or did he want to be down in Nashville all his life? Did he want to be out there partying it up, growing his hair out like a hippie? This guy proved that he'd make some plays sometimes. He'd move the sticks. He'd usually catch the ball and fall down. But he's just not a player that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell were like, this is a, a foundational piece. This is a centerpiece. This is a guy that loves it here. This is a guy that's going to help us win ball games, division championships, and more. He just wasn't that at the end of the day. Like I, I think it's as simple as that. You got the good value, like you said. You move the player along. You get the money back. Now you got to nail the picks. If you do that, everybody's going to be happy in Detroit. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, Oak Ridge. like you're right. He's going to, he's going to garner superstar top five tight end money and a couple things with that. So one, I saw, I saw something out there that was like Brandon Predigrew in its first four years with Detroit. Right. And it laid out his stats, tight ends or uh, TDs and yards receptions. And then it was like TJ Hawkinson first four years in Detroit. And they were like almost the same. Right. Brandon and- Buttersticks Pettigrew <laughs> and TJ Hawk. Almost right. have the exact same stats in their first four years in Detroit. So, <laughs> I mean, that tells me something right there. I mean, people absolutely lost their minds when we drafted Pettigrew. And, I mean, you look at the bottom line, you know I'm a big stack guy, look at it. Like, he did the same thing as TJ Hawkinson. And now TJ Hawk has this, like, hype, like he's going to get paid a top three, top five tight end. Um, so, yeah, it was time to move on. Tell me this, Oakry. Is there anything that TJ Hawkinson does so well – that Brock Wright or Mitchell can't do now? No. And, and and the point when I wanted to take him was a, a dynamic tight end that stretches the field, moves chains, scores touchdowns is valuable. But he, for three years, didn't feel like he got there. So it's like if, if you if you get a brand new car, you love it early, and then if it doesn't do much for you three, four years down the road, you're looking to trade it in or, or get something different. And we trade yeah, hey, it Oker, in. Yeah, hey, do what do you do with that car when the tires keep falling off too, by the way? It's not like he was healthy a whole lot either. Right, yeah, like they said, this car was good, and now it's not as good as I thought, so I need something different. Like he, he doesn't do anything ultra dynamic and like – you know, I know people liked him. I know he, he, you know, hard work. He, he had high hopes. But if he would have done this after year one or two, oh, man, what could he have been? Like, we not only know what he can be, but if he goes to the Bucks or a Minnesota or a team that's, like, on the cusp, it's a much better situation than making him the 1A in your offense here. So, Choppy, we... I know the people wanted our take. We could spend another tw- 10, 20 minutes talking about Mr. Hawkinson. Like, I have no ill will towards the guy. I will say that when they took him, you know, at eight there and to where he is now, my my views are different. But I also would be really upset right now if we got like a fifth for him. <laughs> or, you know, if we, uh, you know, had already paid him, you know, more money than we actually have. We we really are getting out at the at the right time. He got good value. The team can move forward. Like, I think Brad Holmes is going to get us either like a big defensive end, a corner, a, a, another skill player that's going to help us with those two and uh, second and third round picks. And everyone's going to be looking back extra happy because the resources are going to a better spot than a tight end that's not a unicorn like Pitts or Kelsey or whoever. You know what yeah. I mean? I just I just think it's smart football by your boy, always open for business, or Big Bad Brad, as I call him. 
Hey, Wait, hey, keep, hang on a second. Let can, me can, let me can we keep this finger. rolling? But, but, but Oakry, he went to tight end university with Kelsey and those guys. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like again, I don't have any ill will towards the guy, but again, he doesn't do anything super dynamic that any of our other tight ends can't do. So you know, I, I don't really honestly see a huge drop off in our tight end production position between the two guys that are on the roster. So, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I didn't like the pick when they made it, uh, but, you know, he showed some potential, had some health issues, never really produced like everybody hyped him up to produce. And I think we made the right call here. So, Chappie, you know, like I said, you, the Twitterverse needs to chill out a little bit. <laughs> Chappie, can I end this segment with a, with a certain hashtag for B3, our guy, our GM of the Detroit Lions? Oh, a B3. No, you can you can end it with a Brad always open for business. Hashtag choppy likey. Woo! Hashtag choppy likey. And, and I'll even do your soundbite <laughs> for my opinion. Woo-wee! <laughs> I, I loved it when I saw this coming through. All right. We, we, we went long, but that's what the people want to hear about. That's what they're that's what they're excited about. So. Let's let's do this real quick. I want to give a couple quick bullets on the Miami review. So this is this is my thing. Choppy, in this ball game, we started out well. <laughs> we were putting up points, moving the ball. We had a big lead, but we can't finish. <laughs> I don't understand. Before we couldn't start well, and then we'd finish strong. Now we start good, but we can't we can't close. Like this is the opposite of what was struggling what was killing us before is killing us now. This is so frustrating. Choppy, the defense, man, we can't cover a coffee table. I think I heard somebody say that one time. Like, this is ridiculous. The worst defense. I thought Matt Patricia couldn't get worse. It's somehow worse right now. This is ridiculous. Ya boy, Josh Reynolds, a.k.a. the Serpent, like, had a ball go right through his hands that would have put another touchdown up for ya boy. Jared Goff before the half. He, he's he got the Crisco mitts on, the Nike Criscos, right through his hands, drops it we get three drives in the second half three offensive drives why because our defense can't stop a nosebleed we can't get off the field even when it's third and 15 plus and then of course number 16 needs to make a better throw fourth and two and you just air it out only like you're supposed to be throwing towards the side pylon and you throw it almost in the middle of the football field make our guy turn eight ways try to catch the ball that's on your guy your quarterback gosh that was a frustrating ball game another win you should have had you didn't get now i'm done yeah okay look i i mean here's here's the thing i Every game, almost. Oh, I should. I should, let me re- preface this by saying, except for that one game that we don't want to speak about. Every game, some portion of our team has shown us that they can play. Right? Whether it's we start strong, or we finish strong, or the defense plays well, or the offense continues to play well, we have not seen a complete game from this team yet, and. I think they have it in them, right? So if we were just getting, it's not like we're getting blown out every game, right? Yes, we did get, you know, we went whatever it was, eight quarters without scoring, whatever. Like, yes, we had a bad stretch, okay? The offense went a little cold. But 
We had the game where the defense balled out. We have had now games where we've started strong. We've had games where we started slow and we finished strong. Like, we just need to get this team to put together a complete game. So against Miami, right, we come out. We're slicing. We're dicing. We're down the field. We're using our weapons. Jared Goff is commanding the field. Like, guys are getting open. I mean, JG16 dropped a couple dimes. We had some good catches, big runs. The team was rolling. And then we hit halftime, and it was like, did we just forget how to how to play? Like I don't understand. You know, we and then, you know, then we talk about the de- let's talk about the defense, right? They come out. We are going to be physical against these corners. We've got to be jam them up to the speed. That did not happen one time. I saw. I, I rewatched this game three times. I saw no contact at the line of scrimmage on those wide receivers. You let Waddle and Hill run all day, all over us. And but again, I'm still optimistic. Oker. I'm still drinking the Kool Aid because we've. We're doing good things. We're just not putting it all together to complete a game. Yeah, Chavi, where, where, where's this passion? I'm over here yelling. I'm over here frustrated. I'm over here upset. And you're just like going through this, like, oh, throwing some dot, doing some good things. I'm, I mean, I, I'm always gonna be for my team, but this, everyone is upset right now of what they're seeing. Like, do you watch any other NFL games and see people just running free for four quarters? Like, we don't even have people in the screen when people are catching balls on third and fifteen on us for first down. This is ridiculous. But I, I don't want to spend any more time on this Miami game. I want to spend time on this. <laughs> and that's the fact that you came after me on Twitter talking about, oh, okra has got a lot of bad things to say about my quarterback, this, that, and the other. Chops, I'm done with Jared Goff. He, he, I don't care if he can hit people wide open at six yards a crack. I don't care if his stats look good. I need Bryce Young at quarterback. And that's what the Detroit Lions know as well. Because with this trade of Hawkinson, with where this team is at, with the future schedule, even if they win a few more games, that's the target. That's the player. That's the guy that has the chemistry with J-Mo. They know what I know that you don't know yet. And that's you need a new leader a new young cat, a guy that can move his feet, a guy that can make all the throws, a guy with a little bit of swag to get this team over the top. And it's a perfect time to get out after this year and get that guy. And then you'll be saying, man, Oakry, that's what changed our team for decades. That's what's going down right now. So I want to hear what you got to say. I mean, okay, so there's there's a whole lot to break down there because, well, first of all, I'll start out by saying at least you didn't, you picked the right quarterback. If we're going to go quarterback, you picked the right run because this BS OSU Strout over Young talk uh, just needs to stop. That guy is a total bumsky. He will do nothing in the NFL market right now <laughs> on the pod, okay, and ring the bell. There you go. And don't tell me Bryce Young's too small. (laughs) He plays in the SEC. He's only too small if he can't move and gets killed every play, which he doesn't because he's smart. He's cerebral. He's a leader. He can throw the football. Like, I I don't care how much he weighs on the scales. This guy's going to be a fine quarterback, a great leader, and... Just throw it deep every day to to number nine, soon to maybe be number one. I mean, who knows what number Jamie will be wearing? It doesn't matter. Like, go, go ahead. I, I came at you strong. Everybody who's been dying to hear the golf debate again, me and you argue. So I, I just I just tuned it up right now before the commercial break. Let's go. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you didn't, you cut me off. You didn't even let me finish my take. You want to just jump right in and start, you know, your man love for Bryce Young? That's fine. Uh, you know, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let your love flow. I got plenty That's more to fine. say, but go ahead. But listen. <laughs> oh my lord! Listen, my problem with this whole quarterback talk right now is that the quarterback is not our biggest problem. Like, yes, do we eventually need a, a you know <sighs> to move on? I mean, Jared Goff isn't gonna play for the next 25 years. Yes, we need to move on to another quarterback at some point. I just think that all this talk about number one pick, take the quarterback, it's all premature. Like, look, if we finish the season and we have the number one pick and they decide after a two seasons worth that Jared Goff is not the right guy, then fine. But my problem right now is that the it, the the easy take that everyone seems to just jump right in is, well, oh, get rid of Jared Goff. Let's get Bryce Young. <laughs> look, dude, Jared Goff isn't playing defense. Jared Goff isn't not covering <sighs> wide receivers. Jared Goff isn't not getting to the quarterback. Jared Goff isn't not tackling in the middle of the line. Jared Goff is only slinging the ball. He's top 10 quarterback in almost every single category, yards, touchdowns, yards per average, QBR. Like, I get it. He's not an, he's not an elite quarterback at this point where you're saying he's top three everything, but he's not our biggest problem. We have way, way, way bigger problems than Jared Goff right now. And if I can have him for $20 million next year and then buy him out and only pay him five the year after that when we move on, fine. But right now, I can't stand it. It's such an easy, weak take for everyone to just be like, draft a quarterback. We need to draft a quarterback. Bro, have you seen our defense lately? They can't do squat. Oh, see, this is my big issue with you because you've said that to me and every time I balk at you because the quarterback is the most important position on the field. So don't tell me, oh, just get everything else right, get everything else up to snuff, and then this guy is going to lead us to the promised land. Because Choppy, he's not. I'm here to tell you. You keep saying this guy's not the problem. Oh, he could be this, he could be that. He's a 15 to 20 ranked QB at best when things are going well and excellently. He's not going to ever climb up and be a top 10 guy and everything's going to be roses and butterflies. This guy's not the Oakry, ultimate Oakry, leader Oakry. and winner. Did he take the Rams to the Super Bowl? Did he take he the did. Rams to the Super Bowl? Yes. Did he win playoff games with the Rams? Yes. Oh, he did? Amazing. Then he's not the problem. Did I? He can win. He's proven it. All right. I, I never deemed him the problem. What I'm telling you is he's not the answer. There's a difference. You can all you can be not the problem and not the answer. And that's where I've come to. That's where lots of Lions fans have come to. Most people other than you. <laughs> because this guy can't throw the deep ball, yet we have a new, young, fast receiver, and we need somebody that can get the ball to him deep. This guy, I mean, he's great when everything is perfect around him. He's not on a team where we're going to have that anytime soon, so I can't play the waiting game. Oh, just get the defense right and keep all of our O-line and get him a few more weapons and then watch what he does. No, I need a guy that overcomes oh, some great. of those, okay. and he can't. Let me, okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Name a quarterback who's been drafted the last two years that would make this team better than Jared Goff right now. <laughs> I, I, gosh, there's almost one. any. Tell me these, one. What do you mean? Any any rookie? Justin, I'd Field, have Justin, now. Field, Justin Fields would make them better. Trey Lance would make them better. Zach Wilson would make them better. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. Tell me, name a quarterback drafted in the last two years that would make the Lions better than Jared Goff. Name one. Copy. 
I will almost take all those guys because their ceiling is still unlimited. Oh they, God, they're not undone. This, this is my problem. Oh. You know what all those guys make money-wise? Like seven mil. You want to know what your boy makes? 35 and climbing. You, you just said, oh, I'll pay him 20 next year and then get out later. You can't. Now you have to get out now. Like the, the point is that he's only going to make more. I don't want to extend this guy. I don't want to keep rolling, kicking the can down the road. If this guy made 10 million and we were just like, oh, I hope he plays good we'll see what happens no problem he makes 30 to 35 and he can't you can't justify that money that's not marginal money i i don't think i have the singletary bit but i can't win with him cannot play with him i can't do it like i can't anymore like i'll do it this year he's fine at times but you got to come to this realization, bro. It's got to be done. This whole plan that Brad Holmes has and Dan Campbell is to get a quarterback like Young, to get their guy, and to pair them with other premier talents. And then we'll have this team we're, we're waiting for. You can't just go okay. draft Will so Anderson, you're, so you're, go so get so a couple te- other players, and then year, Jared Goff we, we takes draft a big Bryce lead. Young for number one overall. You're telling me we draft Bryce Young one overall next year. We win more games than we have the last two years with Bryce Young at quarterback. You're telling me that? How no. much longer do you get? How long do you give no. Bryce Young to to win to make it to the playoffs, which is the team's goal? How many years? I, I think it happens in a year or two. Like uh, his first couple years, you see a drastic change in a game-changing quarterback that's a leader of men, that's a a playmaker instead of a oh you know this guy's good sometimes and awful other times like. I don't know, man. I've I've hit my peak, as you can tell, or my, my breaking point. But it's like what I'm trying to tell you is like everyone's caught in the moment. Everyone's like, oh, like I, I want to win these next few games. Everyone's caught in like the, well, Jared Goff did this years ago. He has a sample size now with the Lions, which is he says everything right. He seems to be like trying to do everything right. But when the chips are down, he can't make enough plays to get us over the hump. I don't care what else you give him or how good the defense is. He's always going to clunk it up at times, whereas a quarter and a half ago, man, he looked brilliant. Well, in the fourth when we needed him, he couldn't do it, and we lost. That's what I can't have. So I'm just trying to tell you to come to my side and be like, you could still like the player. You could still like what he does. But the way the Lions get over the hump is to just sort of get through this year, hopefully get this premier pick, make the right selection on what I hope to be Bryce Young, pair him up, enhance the defense, have a great free agency. And that's our team moving forward. That's the team you get behind and drink that Kool-Aid. Come on, man. Come with me. Drink it in. I'm not coming in with you, man, because for every for I'm not coming with you because for every every uh, let's say every Joe Burrow you give me, I'll throw a Baker Mayfield at you. I'll throw a Mitch Trubisky at you. I'll throw a, a you They're know, a James me. Winston at you. I'll throw a Blake Bortles at you like the first overall pick or the first quarterback taken in the draft is not always the best solution. Like, like sometimes it doesn't work. Like everybody just assumes that Bryce Young is going to come in and be like the God, the, the, you know, the, the man from the gods transcended down as leads the franchise. Yeah, that might happen. But what are the possibilities that it might not happen? K- kind of like you know, when they took again, Jared Goff number for every, one. for every Joe Burrow oh, or whoever God. you want to name, I'll, I'll throw a, oh, I don't know. Kenny Pickett at you, or a, again, names. if that one's too recent for you, I don't fine, care. I'll throw Mitch Trubisky at you, Carson Wentz, whatever you uh, want it to be. 
I, you can throw all these names. All The only name I want to talk about is the guy that was taken number one by the Los Angeles Rams. And then three, four years later, they were like, he can't throw. And they got rid of him. They dumped him on us. We've paid him for two years. And he still can't throw. And we got to move on. We have to move on to get this thing right. And... The fact that you just want to keep you know, talking about these other players. I'm talking about this guy. I'm talking about this team. I'm talking about how do we get from where we are right now to where we want to go. And it's not fix everything else and then Jared Goff's going to be good. No, he's going to be marginal at best. He's going to be middle of the pack. Some days he's you know, top 12. Other times he's t- bottom 25. I mean... Choppy, we, we got to get our sponsors in here. You you, you want to finish by just supporting your boy because, as you could tell, I'm hot. I'm done. I can't. I, I just want this to all come together, and that's that's the way forward. I I And that's fine. I mean, it, you what you said there, like, I want it to come together too. I just don't agree with the path that you want to take. Like, not at this point. Like I said, if, if it's week 18 and we are still, you know, we're one and seven, whatever it is, one – like – Fine, then let's talk about it. But again, the, he's playing in a top 10 quarterback level. Yes, I get it. He gets paid $30 million a year. I totally understand that. I understand that eventually you want to drop in that rookie quarterback who makes under $10 million a year. I completely understand that. But right now, we just have so many other problems. Like, give me Jared Goff, even if as a what you say a serviceable quarterback, and so I can build the team around him. I've already built my O-line. I've already built my receiver room. My running back room is looking good like we gotta pick we gotta focus on the defense i just i would rather use a a high asset a first round pick whatever to work on the defense i don't know the part of the job part of the team that keeps getting roasted toasted and extra crispy every freaking game right but we can go back and forth all day. You can get all these other parts right. You can draft linebackers and defensive ends and load up on your defense. In today's game, it doesn't matter if you don't have an elite game-changing QB. There's not teams make it to the Super Bowl that have some middle-of-the-pack guy. It's always an elite guy. So get that. And then last time I checked, there's nothing against getting that guy and then filling out the rest of your roster exactly how you're saying. Load up my defense. Get me another skill guy here or there. It can both be done. It's not, oh, if you take this quarterback high, then you're just team, the rest of your team's going to be in shambles. No, you can do both, but you got to get that first one right, man. And right now, I just don't feel like it's right. I tried to go along with you. I know it's still 10 games left in this season. He's not done anything like drastically wrong on the surface or in the locker room, but on the field, it's just, it's just not... It's not going to be good enough now, and it's it's not going to be good enough moving forward. So, I don't know. I came at you strong there. I got myself all going. I, I think I need a commercial break. We need to come back, give a couple shouts, uh, talk about this team a little bit more, and then just uh, there's another game on the docket on Sunday, man. So, how about we just get into that? I've said my piece. Yeah. We, everybody knows where you stand. We'll go from there. We can agree to disagree. Let's get the sponsors in. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's going to be what Brad Holmes decides. So let's get the sponsors in and uh, we'll hit hit, hit back up after the commercial break. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back. Whew. I took a breath. I've calmed down. Let, let, let me do one more thing to get my spirit right. Kind of calm me down a little bit. Let's go, Blue. Okay, I had to get that out of my system. Big, big dubski, big win in the rivalry. You guys know what it is. Now, Choppy, I, I came at you, man. I got all fired up. I mean, again, I got strong opinions on the quarterback position as well as where I want this team to go in the future. But I just want the loyal, die-hard, amazing Kool-Aid drinkers to know I'm always going to support this team regardless. I'm always going to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. I'm always going to serve up some cornbread. Cornbread! And be excited about this team regardless of the record, regardless of the direction. I'm not yelling fire the coach. I'm not telling you all these players have to go. I just want us to take a direction, go there, and then eventually, even if it's not this year or next year, whenever, be like, man, we got it together. We got ourselves a hell of a football team. Let's roll. And I'm totally optimistic it will happen um, sooner rather than later. So I, I'm still fired up, Choppy. How about you? Yeah, Okri, absolutely. Listen, you know, we have passion for the team, right? And uh, the bottom line is we both want to see the team win, right? We want to see them reach the playoffs. We want to see them win the division. We, we want to see them stomp the Green Bay Packers, hashtag preview. We want to see them win the Super Bowl. Um, we have that passion and it comes out. You know, we don't always agree on the on the methods, but I think the end result is we can all agree. We want to see that for our team. So I love it when we get fired up. Uh, honestly, I think it just shows the people how much we really care. So in my opinion, keep it going, big guy. No doubt, man. We always have fun on this show. There's no question about that. And I just love talking Lions ball. There's no question. And speaking of talking Lions ball, I got the Kool-Aid hotline up real quick. And I just want to do some rapid fire shouts as well as tell you what the people are thinking. So, I mean, gosh, I'll just start here with KP from Real Deal Sports Talk, man. He was like, man, something, something in the mix is just missing. You know, he, he went on to say about how, like, there's just things off with this team. But what I love that he said is he said, man, I'm always going to champion my Lions no matter what, um, you know, but he's also not going to make excuses. He talked about, you know, just being able to get over the hump and, and get this thing right, which I loved. Got my guy, Cornbread Jerry. You guys know who he is. Cornbread. Jerry. You you, you know what his name is, right? Cornbread. Jerry. <laughs> you could call him Cornbread or you can also refer to him as Jerry. He's from North Kakalaki. And, uh... Cornbread Jerry um, said that he's uh, encouraged by the Young Bucks, Kirby, Hefe, Rodrigo. That was the that was the live version. Here's the drop. Rodrigo. 
Rodrigo, Rodrigo. Can't tell the difference, can you? <laughs> and uh, he just thinks that uh, the team's going to get together. He's still encouraged, w- would like to get some W's, um, but understands kind of where the team is at. And then Paul Jackson down there in Tampa, a uh, longtime loyal listener, donator, supporter of the show. He said, man, it's just the worst defense he's ever seen he says every time they score a touchdown i mean the lions just onside kick because they're not gonna stop anybody it doesn't matter if it's fourth and 37 he says you know they're ultimately going to get it and lead to points and it's hard to argue i got tommy lyon from new york city which not surprisingly he started out his text with He's very mad. (laughs) He says they need to fire Dan Campbell and draft a quarterback number one, which I just kind of hit on last segment. He said Dan clearly doesn't know how to make adjustments and make in-game decisions. I know a lot of people are saying that as well. Imagine this, Choppy. Go Blue Lexi 117 said, Go Blue! (laughs) When I reached out to make sure she was still... That's my girl, Lexi. She was still repping Lions. So I'm going to take that meaning go blue and go Honolulu blue. We've got our guy, Bo DeFrisco. He has his own segment on the show. It's called Bo Knows, and that's spelled B-E-A-U. He said, man, Oakry, it's tough out there, um, but I'm still positive about the future. You know, he went on to say Goff can't cut it. Ben Johnson, you know, needs to keep the pressure on in the second half. All good takes by Bo. He said, I'm still trying to stay positive and hope they can turn it it around. But it's slowly coming along. Choppy, I got Keith all the way out there in Puerto Rico. He said, we've got to figure out how to get the defense right. I mean, exactly. He said he certainly sees that we can improve the defensive game plan, execution, need to shut down opposing teams much better moving forward. He said that now with the firing of Coach Pleasant, he wasn't surprised and even thinks that that may right themselves a bit or get some things right. What do you think about Pleasant being let go? Is that going to help or is that going to be a detriment moving forward? Yeah, to me, honestly, that was a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, I mean, obviously, our, our corners got roasty, toasty and extra crispy uh, against Miami. But again, you know, again, uh, you know, I, it, it is Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle. So, you know, they're, 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 they're pretty 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 good receivers so <laughs> um but you know it, i think it was one of those either something happened that we didn't see uh you know maybe they got into it with ag maybe they they didn't execute the game plan the way they wanted um but to me i mean i don't think it's going to make some like crazy you're not going to see our corners come out and like just shut down uh you know all those guys in green bay oh what receivers do they have again i'll wait oh yeah so no it's not going to make a huge <laughs> difference though Exactly. I was waiting, too, because uh, we don't know. Uh, we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, Steve from Cali, man, I shouted him out and just said, hey, man, you know, what are you thinking about these Lions, like trying to gauge where everybody's at? Steve's reply was just, no points in the second half? WTF. I mean, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up here recently. Uh, let's see. Who, who else we got here? The Tuna's in. <laughs> the Tuna says, man... I love the Lions' chances to put the proverbial stake through the heart of those punks from Wisconsin. (laughs) He said it would be a great way to get the teardown and rebuild going again. Hutch. Have you you heard of him, Choppy? You heard of him at all? 
I'm going to unleash Hutch. Maybe. I mean, you got to get the music first. You got to creep on it. Then you unleash Hutch. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> um, he says him and Pascal are going to eat. He says our D-line, you know, is going to get it going. Um, and uh, he, he just thinks a, a certain diligence or a mindset is going to eventually pay off. So, Tuna, I hope you're right. A couple more quick ones because if you guys text in, I like to get these in. I can't read them all. C-Mill from Wisco. I mean, again, Wisco, it's a little shaky here this week when we're playing the Packers, but uh, he was just shocked by the Hawkinson trade. That got a wow. I don't know if it got a Frank Ribble quad wow out of him, but uh, hey, I'll play it on the show for Frank. Wow! 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 That, that was C. Mills from Wisco's take on uh, the Hawkinson trade. And the final one I'll say, because this guy continually wants more shout-outs because he's the leader in the clubhouse in the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League, that's Kyle. And uh, he just said straight up, we need more talent. I mean, some of our players, he said, need to play through some of these nagging injuries, but we just need more talent. I can't agree with Kyle more, and I think we will get that talent moving forward. So, Chobby, there's some rapid-fire Kool-Aid hotline takes. I, I try to reach out when I can. I owe some people some replies back, but I thought, hell, I'll just read some of these basically on the show, shout you out, and say thanks for uh, talking Lions because I'm always interested where everyone's at with things and how it's going. So, Chobby, with that— got to love those loyal listeners, Okri. And, hey, oh, I'm glad no you kind of ended that with uh, Kyle— um, because I have to tell you a funny story. Um, you know, my kids were getting prepped for, you know, the game in a couple of weeks. And uh, I've got all my kids calling um, that team down there uh, the team from Poop Town. And uh, so that's great. Ohio State is vanquished. <laughs> Do you, I, have you ever curious, like, what, like, other former NFL players, what their take or what they might have said in an interview about that team? You ever curious what might have happened there? Yeah. What, what do they say about that place? Why do you mention it? Because I have Lendale White was actually quoted of his thoughts. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it never gets Love old. It. So, uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. That That's going down in a couple weeks. And, and just like I'll probably vanquish Kyle in the fantasy football playoffs, you, you know what's going down. So um, let's let's do this real quick because, like, we could, we could sit here and bore the people to death and preview the Packer game. But we'll give some strong opinions to end the show. But I want to ask you this, man. We got into it heated in the beginning. We went long in the first half of the show. But my biggest thing is, like, I was questioning, like, do we just stand pat or do we make some drastic changes? I feel like the trading of Hawk, the letting go of Pleasant, the aggressive nature, which I feel like they're going after this first overall pick possibly without saying it. I feel like they're in drastic mode, but I feel like it might be all part of the plan as well. Because one beef I had with Sheila Hamp, you can scratch the... You know, like Microsoft Word's got that strikeout. I guess that's what she did to that whole Ford part of her name. Sheila Hamp said it's a teardown, really. Well, we haven't tear, we haven't really tore anything down. We kind of half knocked the walls down, but we didn't tear anything down because we got your boy Goff. We tried to pay Michael Brockers for some reason. I feel like the teardown is now starting to happen. So they can get real aggressive the next few years and all of a sudden go from like everyone quit on the team to... 
What? We got Bryce Young? What? J-Mo's a stud? What? Our defensive line's healthy and ready to roll? Huh? We got some other defensive playmakers? Mr. Okuda's a beast? Our offensive line is top five? Like... I think that's what's going on right now. So I think they've scrapped the whole just kind of stay the course. We'll see what happens. And they're more in hyper accelerating this thing without people realizing it yet. What about you? So I I, I kind of fall in the middle here, Okri. Like I I think if we were in like absolute teardown mode, I think you would have seen names like DeAndre Swizzle uh, out there uh, actually (laughs) traded. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one of our offensive linemen, uh, you know, we're paying those guys some big, big bucks. And uh, I think if you would have seen somebody move like a Taylor Decker, that would have been like, OK, you know what? We are legit just tearing this down to the studs and building this through the draft. Um, but I think, you know, the the trading of Hawk that to me, that's just a smart business decision. That's a this guy is not going to be an integral part of my future team. And the iron is hot. I better strike and trade him. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not like a stay the course. Don't make any changes. I was happy to see Hawk be moved. Um, but I'm also not like, you know, I heard some some talk out there about like trade Jeff Okuda. And I'm like, he's our first round draft pick. He was the number three pick. Like, I know he gets paid high, but he's still young and he's proven <laughs> to be a stud. So I want that guy on my team. Like, I want my young talent. So, um, you know, if we really started like ditching, you know, making some big moves like Swift uh, Decker, um, you know, I think we're looking at our wide receivers. Most of our wide receivers have been have, are new too. So, you know, I think if you saw those moves, then yeah, we'd be in straight up teardown, uh, as uh, Sheila the Hamp made uh, made reference to. But I mean, you look at our—I mean, we're still the youngest team in the league, though. So, you know, and we got rid right, of one Chuck. of our older guys. So we're you know we're still old, or we're still young. Let me get in here, wake the people up real quick, because you kind of just repeated yourself. You did, you did deem her the hamp, which I thought was funny. The other thing is, what kind of fool would say trade Okuda? Oh wait, yeah, that was me. Um, and, and the reason I said so was because he's playing great ball right now. Sometimes you have to sell high. No one liked taking him at three, so you could move that contract along. He hasn't shown that he can make the. He's got one interception in three years. He's finally healthy. He's playing really well. You just said strike when the air is hot, make a good business decision. That's why I was willing to move him, not for scraps, not for fourth round pick or some, you know, ridiculous, you know, vet. But yeah, if you were willing to give me a couple seconds, like I told Frank Ribble or two, three, I would have considered it. You know, I didn't have to do it. So I think it was a very wise man who said that should maybe be a possibility. Um, You know, the other things you said that are driving me nuts is you're in the middle guy. The whole reason I yelled at you last segment and I'm trying to bring my blood pressure down still is the Lions for the past, I don't know how long since I've been a diehard, they're always trying to be in the middle. They're always trying to be corporate. They're always trying to say, oh, this is the year. Like, just we're going to give you something and it's not it. So there's nothing wrong with them ripping it up, like being aggressive and getting it right for once rather than saying, well, we're going to rip some parts up, but other parts we want to keep. And, and like some people are like, well then Oakry, you have to fire Dan Campbell. He's not the guy. I think he's taking bullets right now so that he can get to this other place that I'm hoping they get to in the next year or two where he's taken all these bullets. He's taken all the beef. He's been dragged through the mud 
But then when his team's better and he's learned from all this experience, then he's ready to roll. The team's ready to roll, and we're good to go. But you have to be more aggressive than, okay, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't want to really tear up our team, but I don't want the team we currently have. It can't be both. It can't be. So you're... I'm I'm starting to raise my voice again, but it's because I'm trying to tell you at the quarterback position, we can't be maybe, we can't be middle, we can't be I hope. We need to go one way or the other, and I want to go the way that says drastic, aggressive, swing for the fence. Instead, I almost said, I almost referenced the sport we shall not speak of. Like, it can't be this, like, get the safe guy, wait a few more, like, and, and here's my last thing I want to throw at you. People that are getting crazy about, like, if you say stand pad or if you say, like, drastic changes, that means four more years of garbage. No. Drastic changes and aggressive moves could mean a great team in one to two seasons. You're telling me you can't wait that that amount of time to really get it right? You need it right right now? I'm willing to wait that to get it right. So these people that think if they change course or they're trying to change it up a little bit that they're back to square one, no. They might be closer to to where they're trying to get the, by doing that instead of just, hey, let's hang tight. Let's keep this guy around. Let's, let's kind of you know wait in the middle of the league. Being the worst team in football this year might be your springboard to greatness. So... Well, so go. again, okay, that kind of contradicts your point, right? Like, so if, yes, I oh. agree, being worse this year is going to help your future, but like, look at our team, bro. Like who, who is, who's a, who's a, as you say, middle of the road guy that anybody has any interest in? Like it, the only people that guys are actually going to want are our young, talented guys that we want to keep. So you're saying get rid of them if you, if we can, like, you, gotta you know, let somebody comes in. and says, Hey, Hey, I'll you give you a third let... for Rodrigo. Like, what, no. are you going to do that? Like, no. look up and down the starting. Look up and down the starting roster. Who's oh, there that you're just like, God. yeah, just who, someone actually wants them, by the way, and we will trade them. Copy. You're missing my point. The point's not trade our our guys or, or that we're going to get stuff for people. It's move on from Jared Goff. Kick Michael Brockers in the ass and get him not only off your starting team, off your team altogether and, and save whatever you can. It's it's move players along that can't play like Will Harris and, and some of these other guys that have consistently shown they can't do what they need to do to win games. That's what I'm talking about, being aggressive and then also not being scared of. Yeah, we finished again with three dub skis you know what we got the top pick we got five picks in the top 65 we got 65 million in cap space that's what i'm talking about and then figuring so, out who are these so core pieces okuda so, so, so go ahead uh, your, your go definition ahead. of be aggressive is cut guys that suck at football that that's to me that's just smart business that's not aggressive but they're not dude. doing it uh, like brocker sucks at football cut him yeah that makes sense that's not aggressive <laughs> that's just a smart move but they like, haven't done Charles it two harris, seasons. You know, or will harris hasn't been able to play football for four oh. years and he's still on this team yeah cut him loose like i don't <laughs> exactly. understand that's not aggressive that's just smart and the reason i'm yelling is because they continue to not do that. So do it finally. To say, Goff, you're not good enough. I, I had you for two years. We're moving on. And don't think twice about it. That's where I'm trying to get to. That's the aggressiveness I'm talking about. Yes, you could have got Will Harris two years ago. But they didn't because they wanted to compete. They wanted to hang in this middle ground. We all see that's not working now. So be aggressive in moving forward uh, and stop pitter-pattering around with these people. That's what I'm talking so, about. So, Keep so what I'm hearing talent. is that – 
you, you, you apologize to the people for getting all hyped up about Jared Goff, and now you've gone right back to get rid of Jared Goff. That's the that's the aggressive piece that you're saying. Uh, got it. Okay, cool. We all we all understand. You want to get rid of Jared Goff. I again, that I disagree, but I don't see how like cutting other guys that can't play football is quote unquote aggressive. It's a change, of course, from keeping them. How many times have we said, like, oh, this guy really can't play, and he's brought back again, and he's put out at a slot corner, and he can't cover? Or, hey, maybe this is the year the guy will be able to rush the quarterback. He has no sacks through eight weeks. Like, that. I'm getting too upset again. What I'm saying is that I feel you could either roll with the punches again and add a piece here or there, or we could really – Start cleaning, tearing down, as Sheila the Hamp said, and and really get this thing turned around quickly if you make the right aggressive moves and if you aren't scared. Stop, like, trying to win six games a year. Try to win ten. And and right now they're not, they're not there like a lot of us hoped or that we thought. So I think drastic changes are needed, will be made, and I also think that the core, most of it can stay. You know, it, it can just build off the core, but don't. All right. Anyway, I yeah, I'm we got we got to move on because you're, yep. you're like I said. I mean, I'm I'm looking at our starting I'm looking at our starting lineup, and I'm like, rookie, rookie, second year guy, second year guy, old as dirt sucks. Okay, cool, get rid of him. Second year guy, uh, Anzalone. Right. Um, okay, he's old. Get rid of him. Sure, Kurt. You know, young, young, young like. It's not like we got a whole bunch of freaking 28, 30-year-old dudes on the roster that have sucked at football for four years. Like, we are doing what we said we're doing. We're building through the draft. Like, yes, is Michael Brockers overpaid? Absolutely. Yes, is there, you know, would I rather not see Anzalone out there again? Sure, but you still have to field a football team. We can, and, and, and nobody said get rid of our, our young talent is, is worthless. What I'm saying is just clean those pieces out, be a little bit more aggressive the next two years, and see what you end up with because I think it'll be good rather than, than pitter-pattering around at the quarterback spot or the linebacker, defensive. Just just pour in and, and go stronger so that we get stronger rather than, like, you know, going cheap or going wait and see, like – we pretty much know who could play and who can't. So, yeah. I mean, I guess my my definition of aggressive would be like trading Amon Ra or JMO before we gave him a chance. Like, I, no. that's aggressive. No, that, that's reckless. Like, I I don't understand. Like, other guys on the team who need to Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, no, don't need to be here. I trust that they will make them not be here. Like. We didn't have, you know, Josh Pascal was hurt. Like we've had other issues where our younger talent wasn't quite ready. Now they are, and they're interjecting them. Like hey, I don't think that's aggressive. I, I mean, I think that's just smart. Smart, aggressive. I think it was the plan timely, all along. Whatever you want to call it, but the time is now. There's no more like, hey, I mean, let's keep a hell of a tie around next year. Maybe his back will be good. Get him out and save ten million bucks. You know, get like get these people out and start rolling with your studs and building around them and and not looking back. That's what I want. So, oh, I I don't even want to do this Packers preview. All I want to say is like I feel like this finally feels like a winnable ball game because Smug is just ultra smug and at the worst of his playing career yet. I hate to say this and people are going to kill me for it. It just feels like a game where he's going to play out of his gourd and have like 400 yards and four touchdowns with a bunch of scrubs out there with him. Just 
because he's been so horrible. And I don't like, you know, I don't play that card of, oh, because it's the Lions, but it's just that up-down theory that I do subscribe to in the NFL. It feels like he's going to just be ridiculous on Sunday. I hope he gets killed and breaks his collarbone and is out for the season. Um, I think it's important to possibly win this ball game, but I need to say it with 10 games left, but I, I really am playing this whole draft pick card because I think it's that pivotal to the whole future of the franchise. DeAndre Swift saying he's going to be used more. Dan Campbell saying he's not ready. Uh, I don't know what is going on there. I mean, I'll just throw it out there, you know, because the fan base needs it. Dan Campbell needs it. I would like it. Uh, I, I say it doesn't matter what I like or what I want, but before all this went down today with the trades and stuff, I had this as 34 to 31 lions winning it either in late fashion or tight fashion, whatever you want to call it, getting a dub ski against the Packers, getting some people off their ass, getting people at least to breathe, take a breath like I need to after this pod and uh, finding a way to beat a piss poor Packer team when they're on the mat in your own building. So what do you got to say about this ball game? Well, I, I mean, first of all, I want to start out by saying what a missed opportunity for the Lions this year when the team that's second in your division is three and five. So yeah, uh, that that sucks. I mean, this is a terrible year for the Packers. It's a terrible year for the Bears and will continue to be. Uh, I really still don't even think Minnesota is even that good. And, um, you know, instead of like taking that leap up, we're just down in the dumps, too. So that stinks. Uh, that being said, I think we have a good chance against Green Bay this week. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny because I keep hearing Aaron Rodgers complain about all his like, oh, I don't have any receivers. I'm like looking up and down the lineup and I'm like, you've got Dobbs, you've got Watson, you've got Tunyon, you've got Lazar. Like, what are, what are you looking for, dude? Like, you want Tariq Hill? Like, do you want <laughs> Stephen Diggs? Like, there's only a few of those guys. Like, it just cracks me up. So keep whining, you arrogant, smug piece of crap, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, and listen, I don't care if how I don't even care if this costs us the number one pick. Just beat Green Bay every time you play him because I hate him. So my prediction for this game is 34-27 Lions by a touchdown. Uh, I know Vegas has uh, them uh, the Green Bay Packers as a three and a half point favorite, but I'm taking the Lions by a tutty. And uh, just pound Aaron Rodgers into the ground. I want to see Hutch unleashed all over. Can you tell me what would be more glorious than Hutch standing over a broken Aaron Rodgers, laying on the ground with his little dazed look meme, with his eyes glazed over, and Hutch just standing over top of him in that beautiful Honolulu blue 97 where he was just unleashed? And this just for you, Aaron Rodgers. You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, giant twerp, scumbag. (laughs) Choppy, we've said it all. We've went long. I think it's like an hour-plus pod, but we gave the people lots to think about. I got my blood pressure up. I yelled way too much. I love the Lions. I love this podcast. It's so fun to chop it up, literally, pun intended with you, buddy, and uh, talk ball. So there's nothing else to say, man. What else you got to say before we get up out of here? Because the Lions are going to get it right one way or the other. I know it. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little concerned, Okri. I feel like I need to go. Uh, I need to send somebody over to your house and make sure that you haven't fallen on the floor of a heart attack tonight. Uh, I am <laughs> doing this call from the West Coast, but uh, buddy, I I know you got a little worked up. I know it was for the people, but um, you know, take a Xanax, have an edible, drink a beer, whatever you got to do, buddy. But uh, don't just don't don't go dying on me now. Chavi, I don't need any of those things. I just need a big old glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Maybe two. Cornbread! For the people. And the people consist of the millions. (laughs) And I'll be good, and I'll be back here next week talking Lions football right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.